Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to Unapologetic Series Therapy Talks, where six therapists inspire unapologetic conversations. I'm Key. What's up? What's up, y'all? This is Sarah. Greetings, everyone. It's Kendall. What's up, everyone? This is Kyra. Hey, hey, it's Shy. Hey, guys, it's Kelly. And make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at U.S. Therapy Talks and be sure to tune in every Wednesday at midnight for new sessions. So once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, today's going to be a pretty, pretty heavy topic. We're going to talk about Heavy. Is it heavy? Yeah, heavy. I mean, this is a, I don't know. It's, I guess, controversial. I would call it loose. Ooh, Ooh, like your loose. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended. Okay. (laughs) She said loose. Do you want to talk a little bit more about it? (laughs) Well, let me introduce it. These are your therapists. These are your therapists. This is the future of therapy. Damn. Wow. Starting off strong. I wouldn't say it's um what did you say? Heavy. Heavy. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's heavy. It's it it can be a little uncomfortable for people, not for me though. I think we should talk about why it's uncomfortable for certain people. Yeah. Well, Sierra, maybe you should about talk about it. what we're talking about today. Yeah. I know people are like, what are you so talking about? What is that? Let's introduce it. I mean, we kind of got a little uh what's it called? When you build up the the suspense. The suspense. There you go. Building. So we're gonna talk about <laughs> sex. Sex, sex, sex. Oh, Kelly was going to sing a little bit. No, that was it. That's all I have. No tune for tonight. I don't want to hurt anybody's ears. I don't want to hurt people's ears. I can't sing. So, yeah, today we're going to talk about sex. Um, I guess it's not heavy. I mean, it's just there's a lot of a lot to say about sex. Um, But I would like for us to start with how how do you define it? What is sex for you? How's your sex life now? So I'm going to put you on the oh. spot. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah. And uh, how has it changed over the years? That was a loaded question. No, it's, Can we it's just a three-part question. Time. It's a three-part okay. question. She's only asking this because we Repeat. currently taking a sex class. And this was like the first question of the first class. <laughs> she so she was like, I'm going to just take it and run with it. That's a lie. <laughs> oh, That's a lie. So, okay. How would you define sex? Whew. I told y'all it's heavy. Y'all didn't believe me, but now apparently. I feel like sex can be, it's very much subjective. So it's based on the person. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously there's things that anatomically are considered to be sex, but what I mean right. is how how your sexual expression is, what do you do in your sex life with your sex, your um, sex partner um, or partners. Yes. We're inclusive here. Yes. So it really just depends. Like sometimes there there are, you know, casual sex relationships to where you might have multiple partners or you might have a monogamous sexual relationship where you're only with one partner. Um, for mm-hmm. me specifically, I'm very open about um, my sex life and my like desires and things like that when it comes to my partner. Um, and for us, we do have a very like, I guess, I would say like a sex positive relationship to where we're able to like openly communicate about what we want, mm-hmm. what we don't want, um, what we want our sex life to look like now or in the future. We we definitely talk about that very often. I feel like it's very important for people to do that in order to have a healthy sexual relationship. Yeah. Sex. I mean, sex for me is is just the act of engaging in intercourse like um whether it be oral <clears throat> oral or penetration um 
intimacy is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think with what Kyra was saying, um, I actually read an article and I refer back to this article a lot. Um, with sexual communication, it's important with our clients to talk about sexual things specifically rather just including it in general conversation because mm-hmm. some some of our clients may think that sex is not even allowed to be talked about in therapy. Mm-hmm. So if you know that your client is actively engaging in sex, then that should be a conversation that they're or having they're in. Yeah, or if mm-hmm. they aren't. Mm-hmm. Um that should be a conversation that's being had because our our world is based literally around sex. Like people talk about sex all the time or like even on TV, like you see sex in movies is sex. Um, I mean, the way that women are portrayed in the media mm-hmm. sex. So even if they aren't having sex, like how are they being impacted by being surrounded by all of that? So, and it's especially important with couples too. I think mm-hmm. sometimes I know previously when I first started working with couples, I would kind of look over asking like, well, how is your sex life? But then I had to realize like that can be an important factor for some couples. And if it's not an important factor, like we can maybe explore that because sex is going to look different for the individual it's going to look for it's going to vary between the different couples so yeah like he was saying it's very important to um, kind of touch on with clients and if that's something that they don't want to touch on that's fine um, to each his own some people would want to further explore maybe why they don't want to touch on it and some would not but um yeah I think sex for me like Kyra said is very subjective um I definitely when I think of the word sex I think of pleasure um, I don't think of it as something that, you know, this is something that, you know, you can make babies with. Like, I think back in the day, like when our parents or grandparents heard sex, it's like, well, this is really only done to conceive and have children. And for me personally, it's just solely an act of pleasure. Yeah. So, <laughs> no babies. Just, no, 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 kids. no, 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 um, I was gonna say, Key, what um was it the was it the article about um what was it like s- satisfaction within yeah, relationships and like, the orgasms? Yes, yeah. So I read that same article actually, um, and it was actually talking about like what the findings were. Was that if you if you um have your couples work on sexual communication it actually helps with their general communication about everything Mm -hmm. else and I thought that that was very interesting and I actually started using that in treatment with couples that I see and started saying okay I'm gonna start using sexual communication as a thing that I use with all of my couples and have them work on sexual communication because hopefully it will in turn help them in other areas because that is a very I guess with our society in general, it's a very raw, um, I don't know what the word is. Um, it's, it's kind of like, um, vulnerable, oh, it's yeah, vulnerable yeah. talking yeah. about sex. So if they're able oh, to yeah. communicate about mm-hmm. something so vulnerable, it allows for them to have communication in other areas. That's not as vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So you said sex communication. What is that? So I think for me personally, my perspective of what I think um, sexual communication is, is talking about um, how much sex you want to have. 
how much you actually desire sex. Do you have fantasies? Um, Are there things that you want to try or explore? Do you want to be in a monogamous sexual relationship? Do you not want to be in a monogamous sexual relationship? Um, How do you want to be pleased? If if you, for women, especially being an advocate for yourself Mm -hmm. in um, communicating with your partner on how to have an orgasm, because women often don't have orgasms as much as men do. And it doesn't really matter what partner you're with. If you're with another woman, if you're with a man, you always should communicate what you need in order to have satisfaction when you're having sex, because sex should be an enjoyable experience Mm -hmm. for all parties who are participating and um, consensual as well. So communicating about if you want to have sex or not Mm -hmm. is also very important. So all of that is encompassed in um, sexual communications as well as trauma, any, any sexual trauma and things like that, that you've had, you should have a conversation with your partner about that and how it may, how it may affect your sexual relationship because it will. I think it also like boundaries is really important. The boundaries is also really important. So what do y'all think about, um, sex genograms? So sex genograms for me, I feel like I've used them with um, couples before um, in many cases. So for me, I use them to talk about if there's any sexual um, traumas or anything like that to have an open communication about those things. Um, And I like to kind of assess for was there sex positivity sex negativity and things like that um so that's that's what's very important to me so have any of you used the sexual genogram in your relationships or not in your relationships but um in therapy with clients i haven't no I have. I think sexual genograms can be really important, especially for people who are exploring their sexuality. And I think it can give them a nice picture of what they learned about sex, where they got those original ideas from and how their sexuality has evolved over time. I think I think it's a really important tool for not just people who are exploring the sexuality, but anybody couples. I think it's also really important with. So I found it's been really helpful with my clients. So yeah. Kendall brought up a great point that y'all might not know what genograms actually oh, are. Oh, good point. Yep. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> What's that? So a, a genogram is essentially, I guess in my in my words, it's a map where you can see um, patterns of what it looks like when it comes to learning how, what sex is about from your family, from friends, people that are close in your life and in your your system essentially um so how you've learned these things what rules or ideas that you've gotten from maybe your parents or siblings or friends and things like that um and seeing where those patterns are so that the therapist can then maybe highlight and modify those those patterns um whether it be not communicating with your partners whether it be if you are in, um, engaging in risky sex um and that's been with multiple partners assessing for that it can be used in many ways to just gather as much information as you can about sex specifically what about boundaries I think boundaries is really important within like sex communication as well as you can talk about them with a sex genogram also. I think when talking about what 
pleases you and what you do like during sex is always it's also important to talk about what you don't like during sex and what things that you're uncomfortable with and i think having those conversations just like kyra was saying earlier really helps build good sexual communication i think so um i don't know i don't think we've touched on this but sex for a lot of people is a very touchy subject which is strange because like he said it's in our everyday lives Mm -hmm. it's literally everywhere Mm -hmm. and I feel like and y'all can I guess talk me through this and I guess tell me what y'all think but I feel like for some couples it's touchy for them to talk about because Mm -hmm. it could become a conversation of like criticism if that makes Mm -hmm. sense so it's like if they don't necessarily like what this person is doing or they want them to do this more you might possibly take it the wrong way and I would even argue that you might just take it too personal when you're really just trying to have a conversation about what you don't like and what you like, because that's important, like Kelly said, to discuss. So I feel like if you kind of look at it as not something that's like someone's trying to be critical of you and just really take into account of we're just trying to figure out how we can both please each other in the best way, shape and form. So that Mm -hmm. sex is pleasurable for both of us, then it won't be such a touchy subject. What Mm -hmm. do y'all think? I think it speaks to what we kind of had, um, to talk about earlier about selfishness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really like to use the term selfishness, mm-hmm. um, but I guess it's it's less about the other person and more about just what I need. So it's not that like, I mean, obviously if you need them to do something more or they're not doing something at all, then it's more, I, I guess it's better to think about it in the way that them saying like, I'm needing this instead of thinking about it like you're not doing this. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. It's the way you frame it, I think. Is really yeah, definitely. So how do you guys feel about um, having sex with the same partner? <clears throat> so when we talk about sex, um, normally we think about or you have someone in mind. Um how do you feel about the concept of sex in terms of like polygamy? So right now we're, I'm just trying to branch out this, the the definition of sex because we are yeah. thinking of, you know, one partner. And I think mm-hmm. most of us here, um, I'll speak for us um, as if, and if I'm mistaken, please do um, correct me, but we're all, we, we're all monogamous. Yes. Um, so what about multiple partners and what do you, how do you feel about the, how do, how do you feel about people who do, um, you know, identify as polygamous? And do you think that changes the definition or the idea of sex? How do you think that would shape you? In the words of Tabitha Brown, that's your business. <laughs> <laughs> she, she says it a little softer, though. Do it again. That's your that's business. Your business. <laughs> um, for me personally, I do have a pretty open mind when it comes to sexual relationships. And I do feel like... Um, there's no like one way of doing things. I do feel like with um, people, if they if they do want to have sexual relationships with more than one person, it's still something that should be communicated to the people that they are having sex with. So mm-hmm. for me, I don't know if I re- I don't I don't really think that it's a good idea to just have sex with. Um, a couple of people and then not let the other people know that maybe you're sexually active with other people just so that they can make that decision on if they want to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you are having sex with multiple partners, um, you are the, that person doesn't know if you're 
wearing protection Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. So I do feel like there should be an open communication about that. Um, And I mean, it's not even just polygamy though there's other mm-hmm. um relationship types that still mm-hmm. explore having relationships with um, sexual relationships with other people like yeah. open relationships yeah. um and things like that that fall under the non-monogamous relationship definition yeah definitely and the reason why i bring it up is because i'm trying to really expand our ideas of what we mean by sex and so now that i now that i kind of like hear everyone's uh, opinion or take on that whole um open relationships and polygamy now I want y'all to tell me what do you think are key ingredients to a good sex life? And obviously this is subjective, but we got an audience here and I'm sure a lot of people might, might, they uh, got excited when Sierra yeah, asked us. I just yeah, want y'all to know. Yeah, like, I got really and I, excited. And I hope the audience did too, but like, I don't know. I'm curious. Like what, what spices it up? What spices it up for you? Foreplay is super important. Foreplay. Okay. What is foreplay? For, I mean, I think it depends on what you like, but like, I think... What for you me, like, Kelly? It, it's anything like before penetrative sex. That's what foreplay is for me. Okay. I like a lot of foreplay. I'm not mm-hmm. like, oh, let's get to it. No, I like mm-hmm. to take time and um, any kind of foreplay I'm mm-hmm. into. So I think that that is super important. I think in a good sex life, especially for women to get aroused, it takes time. It's not like something that happens right away. Mm-hmm. So that's the first ingredient for me. Mm-hmm. And just so you guys know, statistically for women, it takes about 20, 20 minutes, minutes of foreplay for Keep that them to be actively ready to have sex. So yes. for those who don't know, that is a very important component yes. of having sex. And lube is great. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing. In other words, y'all need to slow it down a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> Stop rushing. Stop rushing. Slow, slow it down and then learn what areas yes. to be stimulating yes. first because it's it is a process and we shouldn't be like so rushed and I think so with that well I want everybody to to, to you know fill in on on the Kendall you look like you're anxious to, to give us the ingredient God. that's only salt and pepper I spoke on this earlier today but for me like this is a must like having an emotional connection with the person because for me sex is not just casual it's not just an act like a act of being physical um before we even get to that point, like there has to be an emotional connection because if there is no emotional connection, I don't feel like we're going to connect as much physically with each other. And I feel like it won't be as pleasurable for me. It might be pleasurable for the other person, but for me, we have to connect emotionally before. What does that mean? Whew, that's a What's lot. What's required? How do I emotionally connect to Kendall? <laughs> I feel like the types of conversations like and I think we'll later touch on this with intimacy yes but for me like having very deep like thought-provoking conversations I can really tell if I will emotionally connect with in the way in which you're responding sapiosexual right there that's the term oh yes oh I didn't know that was a term Uh uh-uh but yeah, I not to go into a whole novel, but for that, me, yeah. emotional connection Demi is, is like, incredibly important. Going, Y'all get on my nerves. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They're I, mad I because I'm talking about sappy shit and no, not. No, no. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We have terms for what you, what you just described it. So sapiosexual is defined as some like a person that needs that emotional connection mm-hmm. before That's engaging. Yeah. Was. There you go. Yeah. Say it again. What is it? Sapiosexual. Is, is it sapio? Sapio. Yeah. Sapio. Sapio. Yeah. And of course, like the physical attraction, I would like for that to be there too. And I feel like that's kind of like an initial groundwork. 
but definitely like a key ingredient I would say is emotional connection. I mean, I can definitely have sex without it, but it won't be as pleasurable for me. So, okay. Okay. Key, what, what's a key ingredient for you? Yeah, I'm up there with Kendall. Like I, um, I need that emotional connection. I, I, um, I'm not a person who looks at someone and is just like, oh yeah, I want to have sex with them. Um, People are attractive, obviously, but that's about where it ends for me if I don't know them. Um, so I think that the emotional connection is a part of foreplay for me. Um, and and then I'm with Kelly as well. I like um, what people typically think of as um, foreplay and what would seem that um gay people would see as their actual sex so do you think that's changed over the years like do you think that you guys need emotional connection before engaging in sex because of what age you like what how old you are now or like try to look back to your younger years has that changed I've never been involved with anyone sexually unless we had some type of emotional connection um further conversation can be had (laughs) off off oh. air. Oh, no, we might okay. make it a bonus track or a bonus oh, episode. Not a bonus oh, track. Stay tuned. We have some <laughs> the EP, <laughs> the EP of US. Um, I'll share a little bit. I, I, um, uh, <laughs> this, so I agree. Um, I'm also someone who likes to be emotionally attuned before I engage in any kind of sexual activity. Um, but I do, I am, I'm, I'm a person of touch. I really like the whole caressing part of, um, mm-hmm. of just, again, this is sex for me. Like that's such a big part in, in it. And I think this is something that is also, I don't know if it's just me, but I like, I like to have fun and I, and I have a humor. I know this might sound weird or maybe not, but humor Mm -hmm. just, I'm thinking about the recent times that I've had humor is interestingly boring sex. No, ma'am. No vanilla sex over here. I know. What is vanilla? I'll get into that later, but that's how y'all know they don't be paying attention to class. Disclaimer: yes. We are inclusive of all types of ice creams. Yeah, we love all ice creams. All ice creams. But uh, yeah, I like to be playful, mm-hmm. and by playful, I mean yes. humor. I know that sometimes that's not talked about, but it's I like. Needed. Yeah, like, like if you can laugh up, in the can, middle of sex, exactly, and it's not a big exactly. deal. Like, like it's not so procedural. It's not a job. No. Are you serious? Okay, Ugh. we got a different opinion here. Hold on. It's I, not funny, but it's like no, somebody like slips I can't. or like I, I, you know, and that's okay, what? That's, everything is going to be perfectly okay, uniform. No, that's different from like being humorous. Like, no, like if I'm trying <laughs> to get, no no, if I'm trying to get in the mood, like. We're and trying you, to get you into giggling. the mood. You right. focus. No, no, no. No giggling. Oh my God. No snickering. Hold up. No, no, no. Like, if you're trying to get in a position and, like, it doesn't work the Can first time, no. that should not that's, that's different no, from, like, not. we're turning. She's not crack. She's not doing a stand up routine. No, I'm not. Ira. With no, Sarah, we don't know. We don't know. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's not funny in the middle of foreplay. Like, there's certain things that aren't funny. There's just certain things that aren't funny. Like, during sex and you just be like no like not that what? give me an example I'm confused <laughs> I don't what you mean? know like I don't like 
I don't Kelly, know. Like, I need like, to laugh. Don't try to I'm, don't try on, to make like, a joke while we're having sex. Like I feel like for me, it's a it's it's more of a serious, intimate thing. That's for me. It's oh, no, fine for I, you I if it. you like I the funniness. It every time. But it has to be serious, focused. So we're no, doing I, this, y'all. Y'all keep turning what I'm saying. Oh, I'm sorry. saying. <laughs> hold on, hold on. So, I'm saying. Let me, there can be, let me pause. Let me pause. Every once in a while, there's a slip or whatever like that. But I'm saying, like going into foreplay, like it's a sensual thing for me. I'm not. Like yeah, yeah. I hear you. I so, so I let me let me pause everyone because this is <laughs> this brings light to a to to something important. We all have our own language, yeah. And exactly. so Kyra's yes. sitting, like no, Kyra's saying, it. this is for her. That's a you know mm-hmm. that's a non negotiable. Like I, my time is intimate, and mm-hmm. I don't want any like play humor mm-hmm. or whatever, and that's okay mm-hmm. because we all. But for me, I mean, like if we have a bu- like Kelly, mm-hmm. you alluded to it perfectly. If there's like a certain position that I'm trying to get at and it didn't work. Or you know, I was about to get real, real personal, but I'm gonna let that. I don't want to get pointed out. And play is different; it's defined no, yeah, differently. Because right. I yeah. play, mm-hmm. it's still it's a it's just different. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't consider play to be funny. Mm-hmm. It could be fun, yes. but funny and fun is different, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you, and ma'am. funny, but funny is still okay. If right, if that's right. whatever yeah. floats right. your boat, yeah, exactly. exactly. Whatever floats your boat. So. Anyone else? Did, does somebody else want to add to this? Shai, you looking a little shy. shy. I would literally have, have said shy. everything that I would say. No, well, then well, add to it. Add, add, add your, add your voice. Repeat it. What is numero uno for you? Uh, what do you have to say? Comments would like to know, aka uh, me, because I'm nosy. <laughs> oh, so what I, rocks your boat? <laughs> Cue Aaliyah. I'm, um, I'm really not a physical touch kind of person, I guess, unless... I can't hear you, boo. You got to get... Yeah, there you go. I am not... My love language is not physical touch. <laughs> okay. So unless which, I'm having sex. And, okay. Um, unless I initiate it, which is bad, mm. but no, still... Interesting. Mm. I'm just not a physical touch kind of person. Yep. So why do you feel it's bad if if... If you feel like you want to have sex when you initiate it, like, why do you feel like that's bad? Um, I wouldn't say that that part is bad. It's more so it's challenging when if your partner is physical touch Mm -hmm. and you're not, Mm -hmm. that becomes an issue Mm -hmm. just in the relationship in general, not necessarily just sex. So it's kind of like that's more so where I'm talking about. So let's talk about love languages since you brought it up yes. for a second. Oh God. Oh, Jesus God. Christ. Kendall just got Jesus excited. God. But it is true. We do all have different love languages yeah. that um that t- that basically explain how we f- we receive love. Right. And it is different. And when you are in a relationship with a partner who doesn't have the same love languages, it's it's more of a navigating mm-hmm. type of situation where you have to now navigate, okay, how do we both get what we need out of this relationship um, at the same time? Facts. And like, um, that brings up communication, again, sexual communication, because if you don't know what um, your partner's love language is when it comes to sex, you may not know what they actually want or intimacy Um, in general yeah intimacy in general because other other acts i think with love language like when you're when you're catering to a person's love language that is intimacy Mm -hmm. um because it's showing that you care about 
their needs. Um, And then when it comes to sex, if you don't, if you're not trying to do the things that they want, they want done, then it's like, you're just careless about that. And I think with couples um, having those talks about that in therapy, because I think that our go-to is to give people what we like. Mm -hmm. And then our partner may be like trying to, like elude things to us or like hint things at us. And we need to have a full blown conversation about, okay, what is it? What is it that you're trying to tell me? Because I need you to say that so we can, we can lay down what, what are our needs and wants from one another. And people a lot of times assume that it's implied. Like they assume, oh, they should just know, or they should just want to have sex or they should just, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's not that like Mm -hmm. you have to communicate what your needs are, even if, your sex life is great. Yeah. It's it's not going to hurt you right. having a conversation mm-hmm. about what could be better. Right. Yeah. Um, as long as it's done in a safe environment to where you're both being respectful of the other person's um, desires mm-hmm. and needs. Um, and to speak on love languages, just so, so people know, because we spoke about it, but we didn't say what they are. So we have acts of service. Kendall, where's your list? Um, words of affirmation. Words, words of, of affirmation. affirmation. Quality time, gift giving, physical touch. Yeah. I think that's it. So it's important. Like if you want to know what your love languages are, there's there's quizzes that mm-hmm. you can take online. You can have your partner take the quiz online. And then you guys can talk about what your like love languages are and what you would like from your partner yes. um, so that you guys can facilitate a better communication. Yeah, I think the communication around love language is essential because you can very easily miss each other's like trying to tell each other that, hey, I love you. I miss you. I care for you. Because I know for me, like I'm a words of affirmation person. And that also ties into just me being an emotional person. So I do things like write letters, like, you know, just anything involving like writing just to let you know through words or like write Dear nice, like Billy. text messages. <laughs> Dear <laughs> Billy. Yeah. Like I'm that sappy person, but Aww. my partner, you know, nine times out of 10, because it's very common for you not to have the same love language as your partner. Exactly. That's, that's a very common yeah, thing. And that's why you rare. do have to talk about it. So for my partner that, you know, is not mm-hmm. words of affirmation and is more like touch. I have to know that. Like Billy, Billy has to tell me, Billy has to tell me because, you know, I could think that you're just touching me because you want to have sex. And like, that's not the case. You're touching me because you want to show me that you love me, you Mm -hmm. care for me Mm -hmm. and that, you know, you want me in this moment. And so you have to have those conversations so that you're not missing it and you're not, not valuing what that person is trying to show you in that moment. Yeah, that's that's facts. And, you know, I read something earlier today or yesterday that said foreplay um, foreplay doesn't start when you engage in sex. It actually starts right after your last orgasm. Mm-hmm. Wait, say that feel? one more time. So I read something that said foreplay doesn't start when you are first initially initiating sex. It actually starts um, right after your last orgasm. So think about that for a foreplay second. Foreplay starts after, after your, your last or- orgasm. So it's I'm confused. It, it, I'm, I'm assuming it's because you've already reached your peak. So now it's like the cycle is starting over. If you're ending sex at the orgasm, now you need to start all over again to build oh, up. That, OK, yeah. that makes sense. That's, Got it. Yeah. Like that's pretty much it. But, but it also talks about how your sex life just doesn't end. Like everything that you're doing right. on a constant basis, yeah. whether it be, you know, benign, small, it adds up. It accumulates mm-hmm. to what 
could have potentially be in your sex life. So yes. again, with the love languages and just making the effort of, of building um, intimacy, you know, every moment, things like just kissing, even if it's just like a peg. Mm-hmm. And then it evolves too, that because evolves. what you yes. had something like a few years ago may not be the same what you have, you know, later on in life. So you have to discuss like this has changed and let the person know because it's probably not going to stay the same your whole time of having sex or being in a relationship. And I think your love languages can change also. I don't think they can stay stagnant. They can change across the same partner, different partners. So, okay. So since we're on this, on this topic of, um, I feel like we're getting more into the nitty gritty of what intimacy is and hearing that everyone has their own experiences, beliefs, um, understandings of just sex and intimacy. It seems like, like when we're talking about it, people, people like seem to react differently when they hear intimacy versus sex. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That that's just kind of how I've been perceiving just the whole conversation and just people in general. What do you guys like when you hear that those two different tones? Is it does it bring up different emotions for you guys, or what is intimacy for y'all? Less physical for me, I'll say. Like when yeah. I think about sex, I think more of the physical aspect. Even though there is a physical component of intimacy, but when you when you just said it, I'm not thinking about the physical Facts, aspect. Yeah, and the word the closeness and to togetherness kind of comes to me but without the physical aspect yeah it's like when I think about it I think of like the emotional aspect of things Mm -hmm. like intimacy can just be like cuddling I know a lot of people like cooking together is an intimate activity just activities that are important to you and your partner that make you feel close and intimate with them I feel like like Sarah was saying earlier it's different for each person so I think it's really subjective so when I think about intimacy I think about um So because I'm in a long distance relationship, things look a lot different as far as the physical of everything. So me and Kenneth do this thing where we will literally be on FaceTime and we do our own thing. And we will do that for hours. And it's because, I mean, given, you know, quarantine and not having a lot to do outside of the house, but... um that's being intimate to me because I'm spending quality time. And even think about the way that we talked about um, love languages before quality time is a part of that for me. So um, being able to just spend time with you, even if it's not physical, that's showing the intimacy in our, in our relationship. And I think it's important to have this conversation about everyone's different perspectives of what intimacy is, because like even in my experience with seeing clients, a lot of times I will ask questions like what does intimacy looks like look like within your relationship and the the answers that I get don't necessarily have to do with those things. A lot of times I'm getting answers that have to do with sex. Mm, And I think mm -hmm. that there's this misconception that intimacy is only sex Mm -hmm. um, or that intimacy equals sex. Mm, And mm -hmm. that's not all intimacy can be. It could be way more than that can be several different things. And you guys each, individually listed off different things of what you consider to be intimacy with your partners. And I think it's important for people to hear that, to hear that, okay, there can be more. There is more to, if my partner is asking for me to be more intimate, there's more things that I can do to be more intimate with that person. Do you think that 
we should consider either as therapists or um, as aspiring therapists or practicing therapists or even just in general in your everyday conversations? Do you think it's worthy to ask what intimacy looks like in non-sexual acts? Definitely, yeah, for sure. because people may not even know what you, what you mean by that. Right. And relationships are relationships at the end of the day, <clears throat> because again the physical intimacy part doesn't just have to be in your romantic relationships um who's who's a hugger in this friend group who's the toucher sarah okay sarah's the toucher so i noticed that she she's the one that's gonna like if either hug you or she's gonna like kind of pick on you like in a Mm -hmm. a irritating way but that's her way of letting you and that's kind of touching on love languages too but i think that's also her physical intimacy way of like interacting with her friends Mm -hmm. so I don't think it just appears in like romantic relationships. And I think it's important to kind of point that out because it plays a role again in like the friendships, which we, you know, touched on. Do you think that the way that you show or receive intimacy is like attributed to the way that you've seen it growing up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. For me, it it's like the opposite. Like there wasn't mm. a ton of like physical like touch in my family mm-hmm. there was a lot of like words of affirmation and I think words of affirmation oh, yeah. is important for me mm-hmm. but in my relationships like physical touch is like super duper important mm-hmm. I think it's because like like I always wanted it but never had it oh, and so yeah. like I like crave it in my like intimate relationships mm-hmm. with my friendships I'm like not touchy at all mm-hmm. it's very strange that could go but, either way yeah. too yeah. it could go either way like with your experience like whether it be that you learn that that's how you should interact with people so that's how you interact with people or you wanted that so then you interact right. differently so I, yeah. I think it could go Depends. either way for right, sure right yeah yeah um but as it relates to intimacy i i do feel like in general having these conversations and having open conversations about intimacy is important because often that's the piece that is missing when it comes to us as therapists seeing couples right? yeah is the missing piece that they need to work on is the intimacy not just having sex Mm -hmm. but figuring out how to be closer to each other how can you connect on a deeper level because it's not all about touch it's not all about you know physically touching each other sometimes it can be about having a deep conversation Mm -hmm. about what your desires are what your wants are what your goals in life are and that can be with friendships too Mm -hmm. you know not everybody's physical touch in friendships Mm -hmm. you guys know I'm not super touchy-feely but I will sit down and have have a, a, a conversation with you about whatever things that are going on with you in your life. And I feel like that's also an intimate connection to have. Yeah, I, I think that that's a good thing to bring up, because thinking about what Sierra was saying about how um, the next orgasm builds right after the first one, if you never talk about sex the last time or talk about being intimate or, you know, yearn for a connection afterward it can make sex even a little awkward like having having a second thought about it like and and I feel like there have been people out here who who continuously have sex with people and they wonder you know like does this person like me do what what is our relationship really consist of outside of this physical that do you we think have. that scares some people though because this kind of makes me think about like some relationships are the popular term like friends with benefits and that 
part of intimacy might be missing. So I wonder if some people are just physically intimate with each other. And one might be thinking about kind of beginning a romantic relationship or whatever. You're kind of dancing around it. But that part might be scary because also with intimacy, there might be a piece of vulnerability. Oh, absolutely. That you might be showing. And even if it's just cooking together, it's like yeah. you're showing a piece of you that you mm-hmm. might not have shown earlier on in that relationship, especially if it was just physical. So Shoot, I think that's also cooking, why you gotta wait for something to cook. Right. Or 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 if you're not the best cook, it's like I'm being a little vulnerable. You taste my, you know, my shit. It don't taste that good. But because I love you, I'm going to taste, you know, I'm going to let you, you know, eat it. But it's like this chicken dry, but I'm going to eat. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I feel like that's also another reason why we may not touch on it. Just like we don't touch on the topic of sex in our relationships because we're being vulnerable with each yeah. other. And that's very scary. And women, you know, might be more likely to kind of touch on it. But men are like what yeah that, I, you know I, i'm so glad you you brought that up because i'm currently work uh working with a couple that were you know kind of going through like they're bringing building their intimacy back and they're an older couple they're like in their late mm-hmm. early eight, late 40s um and you know how life transitions and yeah. especially yeah. in that age you yeah. kind of are trying to rework that um and when when i'm asking them about how their what their intimacy looks like or what they would prefer the the wife she said that you know she kind of likes that that um up the building mm-hmm. um, parts of sex mm-hmm. like i want him to take me out on a nice day candy mm-hmm. candy uh candle lit dinner um you know the wine and all that and when she, when she's um explaining this he's kind of looking at her like mm-hmm. what because I, it shows that you care yeah, about yeah, more than right. that yeah so with that i'm a i'm a something what what comes first intimacy or sex what is what builds intimacy and i think that's the issue is that people often do jump into sex before they have established the intimate piece of Mm -hmm. their relationship and yes sex is a component of intimacy but it's not all of what intimacy is. And I even, um, even when thinking about what Kendall just said, um, think about intimacy as having those, those vulnerable conversations, right? About sex. Mm -hmm. It could be a conversation about sex that can be an intimate conversation Mm -hmm. that needs to be had before you even have sex, having a conversation about what you like, what you don't like, um, what you desire, what your fantasies are and things like that is important to establish a deeper connection with your significant other so that when you do have sex, it's even more special because you've had that conversation together. I, You know, I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet As always. like the other day that <laughs> said, this girl literally said, it's a lot of people out here who have casual sex and they don't want to admit that they're not built for casual sex. And when I saw that tweet, I, I was like, yo. Can you, can you explain that? <laughs> So for my non tweetness. So, <laughs> so I really, I really think <laughs> she's not on Twitter. What, That's what, what she's it trying said to was what it said. It had nothing to do with Twitter. All right, all right. But, <laughs> but I will explain it for the people who may not understand. But I think what she's really trying to say is some people are not built for the no strings attached mm. type of physical relationship. Like when it comes to having a physical relationship, there will always be something that's lingering or yearning 
for something else, even if it doesn't have to do with the other person. It's more mm-hmm. personal. Right. Like, I just need style. something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump into That's that one. Exactly. Oh, we're going to jump t- into that one. Up, she's saying something, but I'm hearing No, really. Style. And I, I really did see that tweet. And I was like, yo, that's facts. And there's plenty of people. Have you ever been having a conversation with somebody and they say something and then they explain it further and it's the opposite of what they said? Right. Yeah. So they said, oh, yeah, um, I can have casual sex. And then they explained what happened after they had casual it's sex. Like, and you're like, wait a minute. You're you're kind of insecure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you're kind of a little insecure. Right. Um, and you need to work on that. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay you know everybody has their own process Mm -hmm. but I do think what she said is true I think that there are just some people out here who really they aren't built for that and and they're lying to themselves and honestly I don't even know if they're lying to themselves or if they just are negating the truth of what they know what about people that like have have sex or casual sex on the jump and then eventually build a relationship with this person because that happens you have a one night stand and we don't and sometimes we don't I feel like that's not hyped enough I mean this there's nothing wrong with casual sex sex no and, no, and, no, and no, no that's I know true. a lot of people that have strong long term relationships mm-hmm. from just a yeah. one night well obviously not a one night anymore but it, it, it the thought and even mm-hmm. like there were weeks months that went by and then they kind of reconnected and. I was just about to say, specify both genders. It is okay because oh, we all facts. know mm-hmm. the men becoming. We through. know oh, that there's um, a double standard 100%. of saying that. Period. I just had to mention that because I don't want people thinking that when we mention casual sex, because you know, men. Oh yeah, we're, it's cool if we do it. It's cool if, it's if cool both genders do it. Any, if any any gender, any gender whatever you label yourself as, yeah. it is okay if any being does it right you know i just sorry i had to add that in there thank you kendall (laughs) (laughs) what was the question (laughs) come on how we how we we feel about having a a one-night stand and then it turns into a a long committed relationship um, <laughs> lose my train of thought and it was so good I think uh, it was what are thoughts about it about yeah just what are your thoughts about because we typically say we typically say that um that okay intimacy comes first is, is the the foundation the building like the the ground I, for, I disagree uh, for some people because yeah. I for sex some people are really only truly looking that attraction part is what you first mm-hmm you haven't even talked to the person yet sometimes so that attraction part may be a main part for that person first Mm -hmm. and then in your brain it's like I want to jump his bones I want to you know whatever whoever it is and then you engage in that physical component for a while and then you might make a decision I don't want to bring intimacy into this or you make that decision collectively and then it stays physical so I think too for some people like it is physical first even though for me I can't just do the physical and physical does not come for me first I can't see how that for some people, it's like, no, it has to be physical for me because there needs to be a physical attraction and because that might come first for some people. I agree. I think, first of all, I'm a person that believes that there's nothing new under the sun. So I do believe that that's true. Um, I guess I should specify and say that I think that for me, like Kendall was saying, like for me, that wouldn't be a thing. Mm -hmm. So... Mm-hmm. And that's fine. 
Yeah, it depends on it depends on you, and I think it also can change too. I think at some point you can be more. Like so a lot of people, when they're younger, they might be more open to more casual. Mm-hmm. And then as they mm-hmm. get older, they might want something different or it could be vice versa. I think it's something that definitely depends on where you're at in your life and what your needs are. At but that the time. key is the communication part that's definitely. really missing in a lot of the relationships. And knowledge itself. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I think what we've learned, if anything, from these conversations that there's no one way, there's no one definition. And even when you think you know yourself at one point in your life about how you feel about sex and intimacy, that can change drastically depending on the age. Um, But if I mean, I don't know, but the more open you are, I think the better chances of living a healthy, healthy and prowless sex life fulfilling, fulfilling life. That's the word. So we're about to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for um, tuning in. I'm going to pass it on to Kyra so that she can give us a little rundown for our next session. So make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at US Therapy Talks. Make sure you click the notification button so that you get all of our new updates. And we will talk to you guys at our next session. Bye. Bye.